Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Osiris. Loyalty, described as, do you care? And I care, and that's why I'm on this show. Comes a time, here we go. <laughs> I'm a sucker for O'Teal, man. I saw that same feeling that I have, that what he filled a void that I didn't even know existed. It feels so good to, as Ben said, to try to do something about an issue as opposed to complaining. If you can't help, don't hurt. If we could just all get out there and throw cream pops at each other, maybe things would instead of bullets and <laughs> angry words, it would be better. When you stop laughing, you stop living. There's a worldwide surge in interest in mushrooms. It was deep, man. It's not that TM makes your mind quiet down there. It already is. We're just stuck up here. We've lost access. And Jumpin' Jack Flash came out by the stones. So I thought, all right, perfect, man. I'm gonna drive, and I started driving through the neighborhood, and I got, I got a text from Mick Jagger. <laughs> People saying that you know what we do is non-essential. Well, playing those few gigs that yeah. you saw me at felt pretty essential to me. It wasn't like they were clapping from here. Is they were clapping from here. My view of things is that death, death is the last and best reward for a life well lived. Like you gotta, it's the strangest of places if you look at it right, you know? If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of comes a time podcast. That is O'Teal. And that is Mike. Hi buddy. Yeah. We had a really, how are you doing? Great. You look fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) This was in honor of uh, our guest, Thessaly Lerner, a.k.a. Rainbow Valentine. A.k.a. the ukulele. The ukulele. Wow. Uh, Just to tell you about the outfit, because it probably caught you by surprise. You got up to go to the bathroom just as I jumped on, and I was wearing a George Porter t-shirt. And I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. And she came on and I was like, maybe I should get a little bit more festive. <laughs> and then I just had this made for Mom's Ball in New Orleans, which it's I just sick, came dude. from. It looks comfy. Yes. The theme of the ball was outer space. And so I basically just ordered an outer space tapestry. And, and my friend Molly Coots made me this cool robe with this cool... That's so nice, dude. And so I went and put it on, and then Mike came back and was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, shit, my computer took acid today. <laughs> we got fruity pebbles. <laughs> but, you Someone know. Someone dosed the Mac. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mike's game for the unknown, so I knew yeah, it would be fine, but I'm sure absolutely. it's a little sudden. But <laughs> no, Thessaly, wait well, till you see what she's wearing. Before you came on, it was her and I, and I was, you know, like kind of doing plugging stuff in and whatever. And then bang, there she was. And I was like, oh, hi. Hello. Good, good morning. And uh, yeah, no, she's, and it was, uh, yeah. It was bright and sunny day, and uh, she brought some sun to this cloudy ass uh, New England dreary oh, afternoon. She's but great. So, so she has. Oh, you go ahead. No, you. She has what eleven part podcasts that they did. On I think Wavy she said Gravy. eleven parts. Yeah, something like that. And you know, we had Wavy on the podcast, and we unpacked. You know, the fact that he had lived like three different lifetimes. I mean, like any one least. of those episodes would have done for someone's life story but she then unpacked that into infinitude like 11 episodes like unpacking the unpacking so there's so many what did she say what did i think you said it he's the forrest gump of i don't think she did i'm not taking credit for that i think and you said (laughs) she's the ken burns of psychedelics which is great (laughs) Yeah, this well, was just a whole bunch of... she also has all this stuff on all the women Yeah, of you guys will hear all movement. about it. Yeah, yeah. you'll hear it. So she's done a lot of well, work and it's the and passion project and, stuff. It's yeah. what we're doing. It's the passion project stuff where it's, yeah. you know, we're not getting... We're, we're not buying uh, boats off this podcast yet, yet, yeah. yet. <laughs> but, you know, it's we do, we do it because we love talking to these people. And we love and that you guys are with, listening. Yeah. She grew up with Wavy. So she was around them and all the dead guys. And she's like, I'm not a deadhead. Like, you know, she weed heard, and acid and, yeah, you know, hippies. She was like, oh, you know, more of that. Like, so yeah. she was into like. Uh, Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper and Madonna. And the pretenders. <laughs> like um, Annabelle Garcia. <clears throat> right. You know, you know and, and it's. <laughs> Shit. Sorry about that. I hope that didn't buzz your ears. Um, she, uh. She said before you came on, too, she's like, you know, I heard Wavy on your podcast, which you guys should go back and check out and try to watch it if you get a chance because it's more of a visual. Um, But she said, you know, it's hard. He's getting up there in years. And there's a lot of there's these folks who deserve someone to carry on that litany and legacy of their stories. And it's, you know, props to her for doing it, you know. And yeah, because there's a lot of stuff, you know, that documentary that that I watched about him, uh, St. Misbehaven, was a mind-blower. Yeah, like, dude. Just like, but this, like, to get the opportunity, because he's still alive, he's 87, she said. Yeah. And so to get all those other stories, you know, with him still being alive, that's what a uh, Well, man, think about gift, this, too, though, you know? right? Like, I was thinking about it when we were talking, you know, and I don't want to give too much away, but, like, you know, we talk about how, you know, he was like the Forrest Gump kind of, dude, so are you. So am I. So are, I mean, if someone's going to tell the O'Teal story, that. yeah. if, if someone's going to tell the O'Teal story, yeah. it's, does it start with ARU? No, it starts oh, no. with you That's and your way. brother. It starts with you and your yeah. folks. It starts with, and then does yeah, it being end there? And, <laughs> and then the Allman brothers for two, oh, almost two decades. And then getting married and having children. And then. Dead and Co. And yeah. that's only, and then O'Teal and Friends, and then the podcast. And there's, yeah. you know, and, and stand I'm not up. Done. I'm and, only and in my no, that's what I. Still. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, I have <laughs> a whole the impractical Joker stuff and the stand up comedy stuff. And that started yeah. when I was 30. 
So what about the yeah. 30? What led up to that? So we all are yeah. Forrest Gumps if we allow ourselves to, you know, be. If and we'll step into the unknown. Yeah, man. So this you was know? cool to, yeah. And and he's one of those, yeah, this is, this is a really fun, you got to watch it. I hate that. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do Absolutely. that again, but you gotta watch it. Yeah, it they keep getting better. It yeah. is you may it is. actually be able to see this if you're listening on audio. It was so bright. <laughs> <laughs> this was a bright one. So enjoy and thank you. And if you're enjoying us, uh, it means a lot if you head to um, YouTube and follow our YouTube channels at Mike Fenoya at Oteal Burbridge at Comes a Time Podcast. Go to patreon.com forward slash comes the time pod and uh, join us for an extra episode every week. You can rate and review and, um, you know, subscribe on all of wherever you're listening to us. Tell your friends to listen if you think that it'll help them or if they will enjoy it. And uh, we got a lot of great stuff planned. So hop on the bus, kids, and uh, wear your brightest uh, vest, your hooded vest. Peace out. Thessalonians, like in the Bible, First Thessalonians. Yeah, it's a place. It's also a place. Thessaly is where place. Mount Olympus was. My dad was a Mount classical Olympus. civilizations major before he drove his VW bus from Brooklyn to uh, Marin to crash with the Grateful Dead roadies in like 1969. Okay, we've started. (laughs) And that's a great place to begin. It is. (laughs) Let me get into my full screen. Sorry.
Um, Mike looks so underdressed, but that's okay. We love you. <laughs> well, I went and changed on We don't judge here on Comes a Time podcast, but <laughs> thank you. No judging. No judging. No, you know, underdressed <laughs> is nice. Like you look relaxed. You make me feel relaxed. Thank you for having me, you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> I could go find a blanket to put over my head if that's. <laughs> It no, you look for perfect. Mono neon, man. Stop. You look gorgeous. You look stunning. Your skin is glowing. Your oh, eyes you. Where's your chicken wing? <laughs> it's a leg. Um, you miss this OTLI. Um, I'm a musician, and I use this sometimes as my comedy microphone. And I, when I was interviewing Wavy, I would use it. And he, he was like, "I love your chicken leg." So I, I had to order him one as well, which was felt good to drop him off a chicken there leg. There it is. <laughs> it's a great microphone. Thank yeah, you. Look at the two of you. This is awesome. Here we go. So let's talk about your dad and going to live with the, uh, the, 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 the roadies. How cool. What a nice start. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the child of psychedelic pioneers. And, um, you know, my, you'll love this. My dad was met my mom because he went to big Sur to pick up some redwood burl tables and he was, he was given some really strong acid and he tripped for like two uh-huh. weeks. And so he was dropped on the doorstep of my mom, who was a well-known, <laughs> caretaker for freak outs and he never left that's wow awesome. <laughs> that's my god that's strong he acid you trip for two weeks off one hit probably not well probably. one one experience <laughs> yeah. i mean you know or did he stay and just continue dosing no no it was one strong thing this was like 1970 you know so yeah. wow I once went to Burning Man with Trixie, my friend Trixie, you know, Garcia, and um, her mom gave us some acid that lasted me a week. Wow. It was a lot. I can't do that. Well, I guess I could in theory, but I don't want to do like a hundred hits or 500 or a thousand. I just don't, you know, No. I don't ever want to trip for a week straight. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. It was, I was like, worn out. I was like, this is too much. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost kind of like the exhaustion sets in when you first, like when you know you're taking a lot, you're kind of like, you almost get pre-exhausted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, this is going to be heavy. I remember t- I, t- there was a couple of times where I took too much and I was like, I'm already tired in advance, like for what's about to happen. I didn't even, t- yeah. I just took one nib, but I'm only four eleven and a half. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. I don't even think I want to do it anymore as just to take it. Like all the healing therapeutic stuff that I see, you know, and even it's ancient history and in different cultures, they weren't taking it just to take it. They were taking it to use it for whatever various purposes. But it was always some kind of work, something to work through or... Yeah. Help you like unblock something or rite of passage, you know. There's yeah. there's always something more to it than just like, oh, let's go take way too much acid. <clears throat> yeah, That's how I, I started doing it like that. Let's just go take way too much acid. I like yeah. backed into it the right way. I, I played around with it. It was like a band's gonna play at our apartment in college, so like let's just eat a ton of acid and see if we could finish the keg, you know? But then <laughs> when, when you're, when you take it and then you go like, Oh, this, this surrounding is fun, but it's not 
It's not. There's more that. there. There's more, and that that's that ex- exploration part kind of was like a. First, it was a party drug, but everything was a party drug for me when I first started. Yeah. I think I found the important part of it afterwards, you know. And all the crap drugs scared. fell off the side, you know. Yeah, I was scared of it when I I was like, ooh. But a week. I was, you know. That's crazy. A week. Well, a week. Oh, my God. Well, it was mild. It was just like I would look at a wall and be like, oh, yeah, it's still moving. Um, but <laughs> yeah. The children of psychedelic pioneers, we grow up knowing that this is like a healing pro- event yeah. and a special, you know, the special yeah. shaman time. And uh, <laughs> so I know you two must not have been raised by psychedelic pioneers if you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Although you might think so the way I'm dressed right now. <laughs> you look gorgeous. Mike, I kind got- of was in a way, you know, my mom was very psychic. And so she lived in that world also, you know? So in a way, yeah, I did. My dad was the exact opposite, you know, but I think I got a lot of that influence from her because she was just freaking psychic, as was, you know, some of her family also. Well, you guys are leading psychedelic pioneers now. So oh. congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I think that the world is, it's, it's amazing to see, you know, we had um, Rick Doblin from Maps on, and I love the way yeah. that they're kind of like, he's going to the Republican side and saying like, hey, your veterans, you say you love them. Here's what they say helps. Put your money where your mouth is and support this. And they are. And it's and it's great. Stamets does too. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. And it's and that yeah. So there's a definitely a as, you know, we always talk about the balance and you know, in things and as the world keeps getting weirder and more comic bookish, the other side of things, like people tuned in or looking for that escape hatch or that other frequency or other place to go explore and it's not escapism anymore i don't think (laughs) i think it's survival it is survival for sure yeah Yeah. it totally is i agree healing the trauma this is it's hard to be a human (laughs) oh yeah love your glasses do they make those in wide i have a big head so i have to get my glasses kind of big but i like those (laughs) They're comedy glasses. I'm, a, you know, I grew up with Wavy, so I just want to be just like him when I grow up. <laughs> grow up. Uh, I have a very small head, Mike, and I don't know if they'd fit your wide head. I mean, like I a do have a wide head. And you know what I worry about? Because I have no hair. My head meat hangs over the arm of the glasses, so <laughs> it leaves a little divot. So I, I need meat. to go wide. Yeah, but they look great on you. I know the head meat thing. That O'Teal, that's a you can write a song called Head Meat, and you guys can insert it right here. A jingle. I think Les Claypool might have already done it. <laughs> he probably has a band called Head Meat. No one. So and Les. Totally. That's awesome, though. So you basically grew up with Wavy. I did. I, That's I, um, awesome. It was amazing. Yeah, my mom met him in 1964 because she was the secretary for the committee comedy troupe. And she was friends with, yeah. she was a connector. She knew everybody. And when Wavy started camp, <laughs> in like yeah. 1979, they dropped me off. I was six and I had the best time ever. <laughs> mm. I never left. I was like, this is my life. <laughs> I've heard that so much. And then I know some, some people that have 
grown, grown up going there and it's just like it, it's the best the best you know, I want who do you, you who to, do you know you, we must know the same people oh you know i'm with dead and company yeah like right right yeah the, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually who don't moving, you know <laughs> who don't i'm moving actually um to trixie's land she has some cottages oh, and nice. she's letting us um rent a cottage for a year i'm so excited <laughs> that is That's awesome really what a great cool. time to do that you know <sighs> Yeah, I've been in the South for six years, which has been very interesting and, you know, eye-opening, but I'm ready to go back to the... Of what part? Land. I'm in Atlanta. Ah, because I'm still kind of in the South, although they don't count Florida as the South. But I did uh, Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee for like almost 40 years. Oh my God, yeah. you're from the South. No, I'm not from there. I'm from Washington, D.C., but the the majority of that time was, I was spent in Birmingham, Alabama, 18 years. So okay. yeah, you're in Georgia. You're you're in it. <laughs> I am, but Atlanta is like you know so yeah. purple and so gay and so fabulous. But you do like leave five minutes out, and you, it's oh shit. It's a lot of that. All the, all the southern cities are like that. Even Denver's you know, like that. Like you get outside mm -hmm. of Denver, or Boulder, and you're in like well, pants tucked into is, your boots, yeah. cop territory. It's not just the South. It's Everywhere. No, it's everywhere. everywhere. in America. Yeah. Rednecks everywhere. In, in the world. Rednecks are everywhere. Rednecks everywhere. Yes. I was in Cyprus. That's why we can't like have a secession. We can't like pull apart from each other because Rednecks are we're everywhere. just too intertwined, you know? No, and everyone's a, a comfort, a creature comfort. What's it called? Creature comforts or something creature like that? Creature of comfort. Yeah. So it's like yeah. people will be like, you know. I want to go live with the other, like, but I, that's my stop and shop right there. Like, I don't want to leave my. And literally, that's what is. That's why people don't leave the country. <laughs> because they... it's like, it's convenient. Yeah. Right. Totally. We're like, we're on the hook. We got brainwashed <laughs> by the whole thing, which is why I love wavy gravy and all this kind of stuff, because it just like, it's subversive. It flies right in the face of that. It's like, yeah. wait a minute. Hello. Well, and also, full <laughs> circle, this is why everyone needs to just take psychedelics once and realize we're all the same. Mm. Yes. Colonel Bruce used to always tell me, he said, you don't need that stuff, Oteal. It's the people that don't get it that need it the most. Like, he would want Dick Cheney to dose. Me too. Let's <laughs> you know, do me it. Me too. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like my mom was already there. She never needed it. She still like could see stuff behind your head that you can't see, or maybe <clears throat> you can, but you know, yeah. the rest of us, it's, her and Colonel Bruce could do it, you know, Amazing. but um, like some of these other people, they need to, well, I can't say need, but I sure wish they would just to see like there's more inside your own head. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or even maybe moving. there's less. Yeah. Yeah. There's this like I, I, I think about the, uh, you know, the ego thing and everybody kind of talks about like dissolving and all of that. I think it's people's perception of their ego that gets dropped because yeah when, when you go, oh, I don't have to be this big, important, grandiose, like, or I don't have to hold on to these. That's the thing I personally believe is yeah. the biggest problem is that everyone's scared to let go of what they think is the truth. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's such a scary thing to some people. But then oh if God. you go like, I don't know. And it's and just to like, me, that's ah. the that's the like main truth. <laughs> you know, like say, coming yeah. from our point, like, what do we know? <laughs> like, I don't have a clue. It's yeah. just being honest. Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, I um, took mushrooms a couple years ago to break the pandy, you know, 2021. I was like, we're going to do this. I hadn't done it in 20 years. <laughs> and like, I laughed for four hours straight, and I declared myself the PR director of the sky. <laughs> looking at this guy. That's awesome. Laughing for, it was awesome. And why not? Mm. It, well, and the PR, <laughs> your sky needs a PR director because it's so awesome, and everyone needs just look up. Holy fucking A, it's you know, yep. yeah. and that's, when you do that, you drop your ego because you're like, oh, look, the sky. <laughs> that's right. You're small. Earth, wind and fire. Keep your head to the sky. <laughs> that saved me a couple of times. Yeah. And I was like this, you know. <laughs> Amen. Man. Thank you for having me, you guys. Yeah. It's just a really honor <laughs> you to know, be here. The thing that I kind of love and I can't wait to chat with you about with Wavy Gravy is that, you know, kids are always a part of things and children are in, in a scene and all of that. And somehow, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like he had this kind of like inherent notion that like, I need to take care of the children. Like I need to <laughs> kind of provide the kids a place to play while the parents are able to kind of go explore the universe, you know? Is that true? Was he kind well, of like the babysitter in, in a way, but in a... You, yeah, it was actually his job. So, okay, first, there, so first of all, American Prankster, let me just tell you guys what it is. It's, it's 15, I took 15 hours of interviews with him and then all these other amazing people around him and in the world and weaved it and, and like figured out the history of his life story. So actually, your question, Wavy was the babysitter. So his, he is a big child. He's so yeah. glorious because he's full of wonder and he just wants to have fun. And, you know, love. He's truly a being of love. And what he did in the 60s after he left, you know, he left Hollywood. He was a stand-up comedian, left Hollywood yeah. to create fun centers, events of fun. They just did this, like, tour with, the, you know, the hog farm in, like, 65, no, it was, like, 67. No, 68, sorry. <laughs> and they were having fun. And then, you know, just, like, it was like camp. It was like Camp on a Rainbow, but for adults. So they're yeah. all, like, also <laughs> taking LSD. Um, and just, you know, we're going to paint everything orange today and we're going to have big things of cello and swim in it and we're going to do it for peace. And then the hippies started having kids and Wavy loves kids because he loves wonder. Yeah. He loves this. is I don't know if yeah. he's hung out with Wavy, but he has a hard time talking to adults yeah. because but he, you know, he, yeah, but he's a big kid. And so he he's was given the task kid. of being the babysitter. He literally was. And all these hippies in the hog farm could take a mo like two hours to themselves and relax. And Wavy would take all the hog farm kids and do all these ridiculous things like break into the Claremont Hotel and pretend they were guests and go swimming and uh -oh. you know, go <laughs> yeah. to the Hyatt in San Francisco and ride the glass elevator for like three hours. Like Wavy and like 10 little grubby hippie boys. It's like purely innocent subversion, you know, well, harmless, but extremely subversive. And the thing that was so cool about like, even like I ran into him a couple of times, we had a chance to chat a few times, like in the wild. And I mean that at like gathering of the vibes festivals and stuff like that, where he was essentially like the MC and he would go yeah. on in between, you know, less Claypool bands, <laughs> less yeah. is band one and less is band two. And, uh, he would just go up and goof around and have everybody like, you know, that's when people are stretching and going to pee and going to get a drink and whatever. But like you couldn't not pay attention to Wavy. And then like I'd see him walking around and like there'd be like a family dog exhibit and like he'd be in there chilling out and answering questions, but not answering questions, kind of answering it in his, you know, 
roundabout ways. And it was just being around him, just like even being like within, you know, a couple feet of him. It was like you were near static electricity, like you were near vibrating like a light bulb. Yeah. Wavy Wavy is a comedy genius. He's literally a comedy genius. And he's one of the people on planet Earth who paved the way for some for you to have a comedy career. He is a fucking comedy pioneer. Him and his crew. I interviewed um, Larry Hankin. I don't do you guys know who Larry Hankin is. Um, Larry Hankin is the junkyard guy from Breaking Bad, and he played oh. um, fake Kramer in Seinfeld. He, you, he's oh, a character yeah, yeah, actor. yeah, totally. Now he's I know char- who he is. Everyone knows he, he's like a character actor. You don't know his name, but you've seen him a billion times. He yeah. was in um, that Adam Sandler movie. Um, what's the Adam Sandler movie where he goes back to school? Uh, um, um, Billy Madison. He's, he's in Billy Madison. He plays the butler. And he was part of the committee comedy troupe with Wavy in 1964, 65 in San Francisco yeah. with my mom, Howard Hessman, Carl Gottlieb, who wrote Jaws. We yeah. go into all of this in American Prankster. Yeah. And Larry said to me, he, he said, Wavy, his name was Hugh Romney at the time. He, Hugh was on a different plane than all the other improvisers. He was vibrating mm. in a different place. And everyone knew it, but you know, like they were just like, holy shit. He, um, so you're not, (laughs) this is something he's done his entire life. He's been this outlier and unique, magical creature. Like, (laughs) I didn't realize it till I saw that documentary, uh, St. Misbehaven. Yes. And, um, his whole thing, like he was opening for like Thelonious Monk. Yes. And Coltrane and stuff and doing this completely improv, like just, you know, precursor of life. Yeah. The whole thing. All was improv. Just zen. Yeah. yeah. He was an improv I mean, pioneer with Viola Spullen. So I love, so that's a great documentary. St. Misbehaving. It's so good. And it's um, the reason I did this podcast, which is, you know, 12 hours yeah. of audio. It's an audio doc. It's not a conversation. It's like a story. I, I did it because I love St. Misbehaving, but I was like, what else? Wait, hold on. There's so more. There's more. so much more. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. As someone who grew up with Wavy, I actually didn't know almost all the stories he ended up telling me during the pandemic, the height wow. of it, when all the old people had to get on Zoom. They had to yeah. use technology and they had nothing to do. Not just the old people. I know. Me too. I was like, <laughs> how do I use it? What do I do? Yeah. And I have nothing yeah. to do. That Exactly. Yeah. I have nothing to do. And, um, you Let's know, learn. I, I had Listen to the um, Fred Rogers podcast. Did you guys oh, hear that one? I didn't so hear the Fred Rogers podcast, but I saw a the documentary. documentary, but it's so great. Yeah. So there's a wonderful podcast as well. I just loved it and I listened to it and I thought, oh my God, Wavy needs this kind of yes. story as yes. well. Yes. And um, I called him and Jaw, his wife, and um, I was able to nail him down for 15 hours. Whew. It was incredible. And yeah. I listened to the podcast you guys did with Wavy. And I thought, oh, this is why I had to make this narrative is because he, let me tell you, editing this American Prankster was it's quite difficult. three lifetimes. <laughs> he lived three whole lifetimes. He, he's lived so many <laughs> and he's not linear. So he, we would talk yes. for an hour and he'd be all over the place. So I don't have to cut these hours and try and organize the audio. Oh, this is a Mary Prankster yeah. story. These are Yippie stories. This is the yeah. committee. Here's the Grateful Dead story. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm so, I want everyone to hear this podcast and, um, it's, it's a really wonderful way to hang out with Wavy for 10 hours because he's, it's linear. We You're go like in the order. psychedelic Ken Burns. Oh, <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
Oh my god, I love. Thank you. That's Psychedelic <laughs> Ken Burns. I am. I, I mean, you're the PR for this guy. No, I am. Care. I also did the same thing with um, Patch Adams, who I also met at Wavy oh, at Wavy's camp. He, he he's another one that. Yeah. So I got I his mean, life story as well. Of course, they're together. Wow. Yeah, it's called The Best Day of My Life, Patch Adams' Journey to the Nobel Peace Prize. And also during the pandy, Patch was nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, what? And he went to camp for a million years with his son, Lars. We're all all friends. And so I called Lars. I was like, we have to find out how Patch (laughs) Adams went from suicidal misfit teenager to Nobel Peace Prize nominee. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what happened? And so I actually think Wavy. probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patch was very influenced by Wavy, of course. And yeah. Patch is another complete, like, Looney Tune nutball outlier genius. Yeah. Total. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have to just say, too, wow. as an aside, I, uh, <laughs> you and I have something in common, or, uh, we both call it the pandy. And I think that's the best thing to call a pandemic is if you give it a fun name, a cute name, it's not as scary. You got to name the monsters under the bed. So I've been calling it the pandy for yeah. a bit. So I appreciate oh you saying that. Yeah, totally. Friend heart. I'm shooting you a it's friend heart. It's the pandy. It's the pandy. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. People had pandy. Like the- we, say, we say people had pandy babies. We, we, yeah. we talk about all the people who had pandy babies. Totes. Pand- that's like, what yeah. American prankster. That was my pandy baby. And the best day of my life patch adam's story pandy oh babies my god yeah. like two of the greatest stories are you know it, it it's like wavy gravy was the head of pr for fun that's great that's <laughs> you know? you're a, god are you an advertising executive you're just no you're but it's like it. he realized it yes. so early on and it's it just like you know because i never all i knew was like the third of his stories you know right. him and the, the dad and like i didn't know about oh i started wearing a uh, clown suit because the cops wouldn't beat up a clown or Santa Claus. And then you know his back the f- was already like completely messed up from being beat up by the cops. Like he was That's that right. much of an activist. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. just like all that. I just, and then the farther you go back, you're like, wait a minute, this guy yeah. is an American. He's like Icon. Fidel Castro. Yeah. Like just That's a complete good. anomaly. Like how did that happen? Well, I tell you, in American Prankster, it unpacks, and I tell you how it happened, and Wavy tells you, because it's incredible. So, do you know about the first Church of Fun? (laughs) Yeah. So, it started on Monday nights at the Committee Theater in 1964, because the theater was dark. And Wavy and uh, John Brent, who was this comedian that John Belushi worshipped and everyone worshipped, and Del Close, another comedian everyone worshipped. Del Close, that's the one I was trying to Yes, yes, they all got together, and um, Owsley was part of their crew, you know, the acid LSD manufacturer of the West Coast, and they would throw parties at the theater on Mondays. It was dark. It was closed, but it was just their friends only, and they called it the first Church of Fun, and they had a password. I'm going to – I'm going to – ask you the password um what's green and white and hops <laughs> it's green and white and hops. this is the password to the first church of fun one of them something to do with beer i don't know yeah we'll talk by the end of the episode <laughs> we'll, we'll give the answer let our brains okay, the back of our brains can think about it while the front of <laughs> our brains green talk to and you. white and hops. keep going <laughs> keep going uh you know what um so Here's something that's interesting is that um, Wavy told me really every almost everything like I get into his his daughter he had that he um, 
his he had had a falling out with his first wife and his first wife wouldn't let him see his daughter. And I think that's wow. one of the things that propelled him to also hang out with kids and create joy spaces mm-hmm. for others is it, it helped heal him. Um, he told me so many cr- amazing stories and he, there was one secret he refused to tell me for a whole year. He said he has a nickname from childhood. He has this nickname he's, that his mom gave him. And he said, I cannot tell you. I'm so you know embarrassed. And he, and then, you know, I made this podcast and it came out and we hung out for a year on Zoom like this. And he yeah. finally said, I will tell you this nickname <laughs> that I, you know, nobody, nobody but John knows, not even Jordan, his son knew. And wow. he revealed it to me and he gave me permission to reveal it with the world on the podcast. And that's episode 11 of the podcast is the big reveal of his <laughs> childhood nickname that he never told anyone but his wife for his whole life. Wow. <laughs> so you'll have to tune in, folks. The thing that's so amazing, too, Otil, remember when we were talking to him and basically like Einstein used to like walk him around the block? Like, what the hell? Like, they're just, that's, the, that's the thing where it's like, yeah, there's no God. Okay. Like, Einstein and Wavy are like, that's just wild. I mean, that's crazy. I think Wavy is I a bit of a love magnet. That that's, yeah, oh, yeah. There's magnets. Yeah, that make, that's a great, that's a great, you know, and it's funny too because there are the people who, just like you said, like they started to have kids, right? Like yeah. there had to be someone in the world of psychedelic, like like overblown psychedelic taking, people who maybe even shouldn't have been taking it. There had to be someone to go, hey, your name is this. You took LSD. It's going to wear <laughs> off. Like someone needed to be yeah. there for the people who were freaking yeah. out and go like, tell me your name. Your name is O'Teal. You took LSD. It's going to wear off. And he <laughs> knew inherently I have to k- take care of these folks. Like no one thought to do that. And it's well, so great ju- that he was kind of like I just a, a, an inherent loving caretaker because how many people were freaking the fuck out? You know, it's this is true. And I want to actually give you the history behind that story because it wasn't just Wavy. I, I think what made what makes Wavy successful and and he's almost 87, 88 and, and wow. is the group he surrounded him with. So I had a great conversation with um, the archivist of Abby Hoffman, who is the Yippie, and he was close friends with Wavy. And uh, my friend Adrian, who is an Abby Hoffman expert, said the difference between Wavy and Abby is Abby was alone. Wavy had a community. Mm, So the freak out tents, which were invented by Wavy and his, and the hog farm at before Woodstock, actually, they were, Wavy had this Hollywood career as Hugh Romney. He was a stand-up comic. He was in movies. The hog farm was in movies as extras. That's how they got money to get their buses. And they took off across country and Wavy had these contacts as a stand-up to book a college tours, which paid their way. And they'd put on these psychedelic shows and people would trip out. And they had, there was a whole community and actually Paul Foster, who's one of the pranksters, um, he wrote the freak out handbook. He wrote the, there's like oh. a freak a guide to, um, yeah. Laura Foster yeah. Corbin, who is a prankster and a hog farmer is on the podcast and talks about this history. Paul Foster wrote a handbook that everyone had when they went to the freak out 10 at Woodstock. Oh, that's awesome. It. I didn't know Hot that. Tips. <laughs> Hot <laughs> tips. Yeah. I think it's on my website. Actually, Laura sent it to me. It's on rainbowvalentine.com Cause I was like, this is crazy. Um, and so wavy was one of, a group, you know, like there were like 80 people. Mm. The thing is that we all remember Wavy because he's a performer. He yeah. went to theater school at BU. Yeah. 
And he's always been this uh, stand-up comedian and improviser. And yeah, he's a showman. The dude is always is. putting, that's why he needed a chicken like microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Um, I, I'm glad you brought that up though, because this is what my podcast unpack our pot, me and Wavy's pot, you know, it's not mm. my podcast. Yeah, yeah. This podcast unpacks yeah. is the actual true stories behind these things that you know about vaguely, but then you find out and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's hard to believe he is a, such a central thread through that much. Oh my God. He was, uh, you he's, know, like, he's like era after era. Well, yeah. <laughs> Greenwich village. I mean, that whole thing all the way up. Yeah. I mean, he's a hippie wild. Forrest Gump. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's it. Because it's from Bob Dylan writing whatever that song is on the typewriter in his apartment. apartment. In the apartment. Yeah. To camp win a rainbow. Well, to right now at 87, like still doing it. Like this podcast that you're doing, like we did it. It's It's done. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. You know? Yeah. He was at um, the I Have a Dream speech with Bob and Joan (laughs) and the committee. He, every time we'd sit down, he just kept telling, dropping these moments where, you know, these Forrest Gump moments where, like, oh, Yeah. yeah. When I was, I mean, I'm going to tell you guys my favorite wavy story, though. (laughs) Please. Because it's another one of those secrets that you're like, what? You're amazing. So you guys know how wavy always carries a purse? (laughs) Like, he carries a trout purse and a chicken purse, and he has, like, really cute satchels. (laughs) So I asked him, I said, what's, you know, what's the deal with your cute satchels? And he's like, how did you know about that? And I was like, (laughs) I had no idea. And um, he told me this story. Um, and then my friend who's working on a movie about the committee, a documentary, said, ask Wavy about the Goon King brothers dimensional cremo. The <laughs> you Goon gotta write King, that down. <laughs> I wrote it down. I was like the Goon King brothers dimensional cremo. Like, oh, the, oh, the GKBCO. Got it. Oh my God, Mike, you're a genius. <laughs> Yeah. The, oh my God. Goon King Brothers did dimensional cream out. Yes. And Wavy said, how did you know? And I said, just what, tell, I, you, I, you tell me. And what it was, was in 65 when he was in San Francisco with the committee, him and his best friend, John Brent, this comedian were also LSD peddlers and they would, they called themselves the Goon King Brothers dimensional cremo and they had business cards <laughs> and they would get their LSD from Owlsley and Wavy would put it in a lunchbox in a thermos in a special secret compartment, even though LSD was legal at this time still. And he would bring it, he would bring this LSD to peddle to Margot St. James's brothel in North Beach. Margot St. James is this, um, she's now dead. She died recently, but she was a a sex activist who created something called Coyote, which was call off your old tired ethics. And she wanted to legalize (laughs) prostitution, which I think she did in San Francisco. She's very famous. So Wavy would bring this LSD. He was Hugh Romney at the time and uh, in his lunchbox in a thermos and give it, give it to the hookers who would sell it. (laughs) And then he would come collect the money and it paid his, like it paid for his way because he was an actor. Yeah. (laughs) Oh wow. I know. Thank you. Scene and scene. <laughs> and that's where he learned to get the purses from. <laughs> that's where that, I know that's the purse question. That's where the purse question went. I was like, oh my God. That's I so had no neat. idea. <laughs> Dude, hippie forest Wait, gump is like so. the greatest analogy. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's totally. 65. I was one then. I was. If, if I had star. even made one. Yeah, I was negative 14. Yeah. I think. <clears throat> I think um, it was already like. <laughs> 
what, what's green and white and hops? I'm still, the back of my head is <laughs> smoldering. I can't think of it. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you okay? Probably not. But well, it's, it's just a frog sandwich that hops. A frog sandwich that hops. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I mean, wait, he's hilarious. Have you guys called him on the telephone? Duh. We talked talk to him on Zoom. I have never talked to him on the phone. Have you, O'Teal? No, but I have talked to J-Mo, the drummer with the Allman Brothers on the phone. Okay, here's it's how he probably answers the phone. in the same dimension. This is my phone. This is my phone. Fairfield. Say, say, ring, pretend you're um, you, and I'll be waiting. <laughs> Weasel repair. Hi, <laughs> Weasel. Every, every time. <laughs> Sometimes it's weasel analysis. Like, oh my God, I love you. I like talking to Babs. Babs is like very, uh, I've chatted with him a couple of times and it's very, like, I love him. He's got that like very, he's, he's, he's talking to a crowd, like the pranksters and the, the hog farm and all those guys, like they're just like, and gals, they just have that, like the world's their stage. It is very globe theater, Shakespeare-y kind of like, you know, a troupe. Yeah. And and it's weird how comedy kind of went the way of like it's either stand up or improv. There's not a yeah. lot of oh, both. True. Like there's not a lot there are a couple people who can do both. Yeah, Robin Williams used to do it and sure. Jonathan Winters. Yeah, but nowadays it's way more like you're kind of either yeah. improv or you're stand up and it's uh it's it's there's a few. That. There's a like you know, but it's uh yeah, the pranksters were the guy, like you talk to Babs and it's like he's talking to the crowd at the creamery in 72. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's projecting. And he's like, well, we're going to, you know, milk the cows and then <laughs> we'll stop for coffee. And it's just great. I love it. It's just such a fun spending time with those guys was was like, yeah. life as a movie a human museum it's just a (laughs) huge like literally just like it's epcot center in a body like it's just so many things that you're just like the lives psychedelic psychedelic epcot center in a body but that's i think that's the benefit of being able to step into the unknown is that you may have a life like that sure like if you can just step out of this narrow facade that there's a lot of pressure for us to stay into i get it but once you step and then step and then step and then step and step, you could Forrest Gump yourself to. Yeah. Well, how cool know, is it if you look at each. seven, like, whoa. Yeah. You can look at each thing as a chapter, right? And chapters begin and chapters end. So it's cool. Like be open for another chapter, I guess. It's kind of like that'll keep you, that'll get you to your next Forrest Gump story. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to be will, open for will. your chapters to end and begin. I think that's it, something that everyone's scared of. You go, I is, am this. What a weird thing that humans do. We go, I am this until I retire and until my to like four chapters, like yeah. you're a child. And then you, you're a, a young adult at which point you have to get married and have kids. And then you're, I guess, wherever you're at in your midlife crisis when that happened, you know? Yeah middle-aged and then you're f- fixing to die you know like yeah. well it's get, like the old the old literary you get, trick like, the old you literary have like trick eight more chapters if you didn't yeah. follow that you know? there's an old motif of like the seasons right like the four seasons yeah. like you're in the autumn yeah, of your life that. you're in the in the winter and winter of your life you're in the spring like you know that was a big motif in writing in the old you know like, yeah. like equate a human existence to seasons but those are Earth seasons, right? Like, what about all what? the cosmic dust storms and space tornadoes and shit? You know? Girl, you said it, man. <laughs> yeah. I think 
that what ha- has one of the reasons some like a band like the Grateful Dead has had this following since 64, you know, is because they promote that ethos, which Wavy and his friends and the pranksters and the hog farm. It's the, the hippie ethos is being open to change, being open yes. to what may happen and also being in the present moment. It's a really, you yeah. know, like not not being afraid and um, not. I guess there's tribalism, but it's it's more like open. I got openness, right? Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, Wavy and his friends started that. It's I mean they they picked it up, right? Because there were the, the there were these folks called the Diggers. You know the Diggers, the Commune. Have you heard of these guys? Mm-mm. No, I haven't. Oh, this is a really interesting. Um, the the Diggers that when I say the Diggers, most hippies think of this Commune called the Diggers, who were in San Francisco, and it was um, people in the Diggers were famous that um it would be peter coyote uh ron thelen who ran the psychedelic shop on hate street Mm. um abby hoffman worked in another psychedelic shop in greenwich village but the diggers was a it was a commune growing up at this you know like bursting into the scene at the same time as the hog farm and the pranksters um but the diggers were based on these 1800s hippies (laughs) these guys called the diggers in like the 18 and 1700s that had the same ethos of like giving free food to the, you know, and ha- giving free food and having fun, feeding yeah. the world and having fun, which is wavy. Yeah. You know, that's it. That's yeah. what he wants to do. People forget that that spirit of humans has always run concurrently with colonizing and dominating and raping and killing. Like it's right. Like that's how the underground railroad happened because right. that spirit is always since the beginning. Yeah. You know, the hippie, the whole hippie thing is preceded by millennia yeah. of the hippie thing. Totes. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the thing I never understood about religion and like, especially like Catholicism and Christianity where like you're existing in a place where you don't know what Christianity is. And then these people come in and go like, you need to know this or else you're going to be damned for life. And you're just well, like, see, here's my the life thing is about kind of- that though, is that that's not Christianity. That's right. not what Jesus said. <laughs> well, it was under the, that. I know, but it's, I, I'm I saying, know, but I didn't I'm, say, I'm no, just, but what I said was religion. Like the thing I, that I don't I'm, like about religion is that. Well, that, that, it's that like, religion, that form yeah. of that religion, right. because the real Christian thing never has been that. It was always the opposite of that. And, and always will be like Martin Luther King wasn't that. Oh, I love him. You know? He's kind of my um, celebrity boyfriend. When I moved to Atlanta, <laughs> when I moved to Atlanta, like, you know, I go, go to, I, I take friends yeah. to his uh, national center. And I was, I totally like developed this crush on him. He was not just, you know, <laughs> incredible in every way, but he was like so cute. <laughs> you and yeah, every other crush. girl. <laughs> I love him. Um, but yeah, it, that's that. That's the whole thing. It's like, you know, it. you almost, you can't avoid it because of humans. Right. right? Humans, like no matter what we do, like there's a good thing that we could say, oh, this is really good. Let's do this. And then it'll get subverted by the yeah. Darth Vader's of the oh, world. It's true. You know, I mean, our form of capitalism is what's so bad. There probably is a form of capitalism that's fair and like great, sure. as with probably communism and socialism and Christianity and Buddhism. And, and <laughs> but everybody divides up. It's like, you know, there's not like one Buddhist uh, faction. There's like a bunch. There's all these. Di- we just divide up. 
you know, right. to all these different denominations, no matter what it is. I love that you're wearing it's the like, shaman cloak as you uh, weave this monologue. Well, well I'm just thinking about like, if it's just who's going to choose the let's be nice, feed each other and have fun side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I we have to tell you guys like, something exciting. Uh, this is a this is a transit. I have to tell you something exciting about feeding each other and being nice. And because um, so wavy, I'm, I have to go back to wavy and tell you this exciting tidbit. Do you guys have children? Raise your hand if you have yeah. kids. Okay. I, I don't need I don't. Yeah, so um <laughs> I'm coming out on next week with a, another podcast called Toon Tales, and it's a kids' music story podcast nice. where me and my friend Gabby Lala, the sitar player, we go into the world of a classic kid song and we meet the characters That's of the song. Great. And they are played by celebrities. And Wavy plays the rowboat of Row 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 Your Boat. And our friend <laughs> Les Claypool plays the muffin man. And we have Perfect. we have Boots Riley playing um Skip of Skip to My Lou and Jane Weedland from the Go-Go's playing. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> little star. But I uh, play, having Wavy as the rowboat was so great to get. I um, recorded it, you know, like last fall. And it was so great to get him back playing a role, not just playing Wavy, but playing a, a rowboat. <laughs> and so I'm really excited about that. And I had to tell that to you guys. <laughs> all your fans. Personification so cool. Like that's one of the things I really loved about uh, <clears throat> when, I mean, it seems kind of, well, there's a statue in Oregon of Kesey reading to children. You know, I mean, he wrote Big Double, the Bear Meets Little Tricker, the Squirrel. And he it was one of the things he was like the most proud of. And he would go to elementary schools and read that story. And it was just that like the it was cartoons. It was Native American folklore. It was the beginning. It was the, you know, I can trick. And that was the superpower was the squirrel could trick the bear. Uh, the boy, big my scary kids, bear. You know? That's my kid. That's where my kids are right now. Big double I the bear meets you. little trick or the squirrel. You should read that. It, <laughs> oh, how how old are they? Five and eight, and oh my god, they're learning their power right now. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you going to send them to camp this summer? <laughs> I would love to, but my summer is always taken up doing uh, the touring. So they were it's they were going to come on tour with us. So. But now we're not sure if we can do that. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would drop love them. to get them there. Drop them for one week and then pick them up. And you could you get to go. You could go to camp yourself. I want to go. See, that's the thing. When they go, I want to go. You can like, go. You can I do wanna that. Be, I want to do the would, whole thing. <laughs> they would love to have you guys. Camp would. Camp loves to have like real grownups there. Oh. <laughs> real grown-ups real <laughs> well, like, i don't know uh, if i can give them that but <laughs> the, the staff are like 19 and 20 yeah. you know so it's really nice to have like people over 22 there <laughs> when does it when does it run when are the uh, exact dates of it i don't know the exact dates but it's or june through august june and there's there is a, a one-week session that uh your five-year-old is too young but you know what you guys could all go together and your five-year-old could sleep in your tent and the eight-year-old could be in a teepee Oh my God! You guys would have so much I mean, fun. I gotta, I gotta look into that. June through August. I think that's when we're touring. But I'm gonna look because I've talked to my wife about getting yeah. the kids there to camp. They gotta go. Rainbow. You must. When I saw it in the documentary, them. I was like, "This is the antidote to devices." Oh my God! Oh yeah. There's <laughs> Who no gives a technology. shit about? Yeah. Like, you even oh, you can't so use your device. There's no. no I'm fine with that. Crazy. There's no like there. You you like find a bush. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, there's no uh, whatever you no, call it. It looks like uh, heaven on earth. The big kid in you. That's the fun thing about kids for me is that them being kids has reconnected 
me with the kid and me, you know, oh, great. in a way that I don't know if it really could have before, you know, well, it's all possible. It's in there. <laughs> we all had it that first time. I feel Never like being too mus- late to have a happy childhood, right? That's right. Well, and being musicians <laughs> and comedians, like that is being a big kid, right? Yeah. Like, that's why we do it. Cause it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And maybe some of us became old grownups at a young age. So now it's like we're yes. Benjamin buttoning life, you know? <gasps> that's right. Oh my God. Yeah. So <laughs> how old were you? Privilege. Like, like when you had your first, um, psychedelic experience, what were you like, uh, high school? I was College. 18. I, I, um, so my parents, uh, you know, always said, this is a, a, a special thing. If you want it, come to us. If you want, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. If you want, come to us. And so, no, I was 18 and, uh, no, maybe I was a little older. I was in college, 20. Yeah, you know, so I grew up with so many people doing drugs around me, the psychedelic uh-huh. pioneers. Like, I was not interested. I was like, I don't, I'm not interested in pot. This is lame. This is what adults do. No, thank you. Like, yeah. lame, lame. Right. So I didn't smoke <laughs> pot till I was like 18. And I actually haven't smoked pot in 20 years because it, tur- it turned on me. Um, so Same I was- here. Yeah, I, but it was it was Owsley acid. I did, you know, my and the reason they said, you know, come to us is because we're going to get you the pure good we shit. Have the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why? Yeah, honestly, why drink from the tap when the waterfalls right oh in the backyard? You Some know? crappy acid. They're like, please don't do that crap. And no. I still we've got Owsley so much here. crap yeah. out there. So much. I still am that person. I'm like, I am going yeah. straight to the source. Actually, yeah. I have a good friend who is part of the Merry Pranks, who's part of the world, the Merry Pranksters, who's providing micro dosing for people with the Paul Stamets, you know, instructions. And if anyone, yeah. you mm. know, I know where that's, you know, I'm the source for all my stressed out LA friends who want to do that to get <laughs> back to the, you know, back to what's not being stressed and full of anxiety. So um, they just I, need to go dose and come to camp when a rainbow for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> which is which like, by the way, quarter rainbow like they're very serious about like not letting the drugs and the kids thing be connected yeah. like what actually it's I, funny. I wouldn't need it there i no, you know i told johanara it, I had a revelation uh, that I was like, holy shit, I think Camp One Rainbow was the most drug-free place I ever was at yeah. as a child. <laughs> as a chi- <laughs> but know? it's amazing. But yeah, it's true. The, it's, the, it's your state of mind. It still was an incredibly psychedelic place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All kids are psychedelic <laughs> until yeah. we beat it out of them. It's true. You know, they have imaginary friends and, you know, like... We just say, oh, no, no, no. Like, they're right. totally psychedelic from the get-go. Mm. Well, this is why also adults like to come to dead shows and fish shows is because we get to play. We get to play dress up. And I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a deadhead, but I like to play. Obviously, I like to play dress up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we want that as humans. We want to play dress up. We want to have fun. That's why we have Halloween. And, you know, everyone loves Halloween. It's the best <laughs> holiday ever. I just had one of the most psychedelic experiences of my life at Mom's Ball in New Orleans, which is happening during Mardi Gras, which is why I had this made for that one show, because the theme of the ball was outer space. And I kept texting my friends. I say, I feel like somebody dosed me and I've done nothing. Yeah. Nothing. But uh, the outfits were all light up and I felt like I was in the bar scene at Star Wars. I, would, oh. I didn't feel like it. I was in Dreams. the bar scene at oh, Star wow. Wars. That's, that's perfect. And I was like, it's just your state of mind. I'm sure a camp win a rainbow is just like that. Yeah. It's like, a magic get there place. for about two hours and you're like, oh, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. 
fuels creativity. It's so we live in a society of crushing creativity and wavy and his <laughs> friends, uh, wavy, the hog, the psychedelic pioneers, I call them. They were the people who said, Oh, this is good for you. And let's use it for creativity and to make the world awesome. You know, See, let's yeah. spread peace. You just hit like, there. yeah, you said something so important. Creativity and content are two totally different things. And right now we're in this world of like content, 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 content. And it's just going and pouring a cup of water into the ocean of content. And like, there's this addiction (laughs) to keep creating content, keep making content. If you're not making content or influencing and all this other, and it's got no, it's got no, uh, heart to it or whatever, you know? And it's just this thing of where, like the the purity of of creativity, yeah. The purity of creativity is the thing that excites me personally, for you its know? own sake. Yeah, yeah. for the, yeah. creativity for the sake of not not being creative. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you yeah. Have if to, I don't, I'll die. I right? Have to exactly. Make yeah, yeah. Well, but if you don't post it at this time yeah. with this screen at this moment with this uh, tag. No, yeah. not interested. Yeah. And now, it's, my it, son just does it. He sees a big cardboard box. He's like, let's go, cardboard box. And yeah, then you're he's now like, a spaceship cardboard <laughs> yeah. box. Yeah. And he's not posting it. He's just no. like, oh, right. Of course. But it's just amazing <laughs> how, like, you know, but when you know that pranksterism and you know that hog farm, like, and all of this, like, the pure, the, that's why I love that, like, the beats and the way that they kind of influenced, you know, everybody and all of the sympathetic way of looking at things. It's, there's a certain romantic sympathy that goes along with creativity, you know? Totally. Good for you. Like, well done. Thank you. Yeah. It's just this thing of kind of like, you know, we're, um, I'll do anything to make you happy if it makes you happy. You know what I mean? But like, not for comedians. I mean, last night I had a show and it was a, uh, it was a rainy, gross night, and I just had this thought when I walked in and saw the room full. Like, it would have been so easy for them to just stay home. It would have been so easy yeah. for them to just go like, nah, you know what? It's icy out. It's bitter. It's raw. We're going to have to park and walk in the rain. And they didn't. They came out, and they, they're supporting. They're giving me a chance to do what I do. And I kind of had a moment of like, they deserve the best. Like, they really do deserve yeah, the best I can give them. And, and we had an amazing time, you know, we were at, we had a really unbelievable, like co- collective every now and then you in the crowd just click in a small room like that, you know? And, and it was, I left feeling really damn good about the whole thing. And it was like, we didn't have to do this, but we decided to, you know, yeah, but you're, yeah. you're a doctor, like mu- yeah. l- laughter literally is the best medicine. You, uh, yes, <laughs> they gave you, they showed up, but like you gave them this gift of Medicine. fucking laughing. Yeah. There yeah. Is, that is, I, I've said to my man Panion, I'm like, if I'm in grief, you're just like, wheel me up to the Arrested Development TV series on a beach and you know, press play. <laughs> That's Call it. it. Oh, so what you did is, yes, they gave they gave you the gift of their presence and they laughed at you, but you fucking gave them this gift to be an artist and yeah. to share your, <laughs> to make people, take people's minds off of the shit of That's life. It. That's it. Is an incredible job, and um, I'm I thank you both for being those some of those people, and we thank people like Wavy. Well, and you yeah, too. Fucking, you yeah, too. girl, it, it you can't help it. You don't choose this life. <laughs> you know, you're like I'm 50 and I'm still playing dress up and talking to a chicken microphone. No, like you're just like I can't. If I do this, I'll die. If I don't do this, I'll die. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. 
And that, you know, Wavy's still like that. I went and vis- I had dinner with him and John. <laughs> God, he's so funny. He was, he was sitting there. He's a big reader. He's a super intellectual and he's reading Buddhist. I don't know what the fuck he's reading. Something amazing. And he just, he's, he's on though. He's still on his, he wants yeah. to make people laugh. Yeah. Well, you can keep having fun for a long time. When life is fun, oh. you seem no matter how old you get, no matter how old you get, you still are able to run on fun gas. <laughs> Putin needs to have more fun, right? Doesn't I mean? Isn't that the problem? Putin, that motherfucker, is not having enough fun. Like, let's yeah. do, let's do that them. bitch. All of them that aren't having fun. I mean, that's all it is. It's the island of not having fun. We're the island of misfit toys, but they're dragging everybody else onto their island. They're invading it. And I'll tell you, I'll I'll say the thing I've said all the time. I had a big old mushroom experience, not that long, during the pandy as well, to break it up, on Bob Weir's birthday. And um, the the thing I came out of it with, and I've told Oteil this 10 million times, I think when it all came down to the simplest thing, there's love and fear, and those are the only ways that you can operate. And if you're operating from yeah. love, fear doesn't stand a chance. And if you're operating yeah. from fear, you're not open to the love that is there. So oh yeah. and that was the thing that, to me, Putin's operate. So from my, my brain right away, yeah. I just go, yeah. yeah, he's operating from fear. It's great. He's fear, not operating from love. Fear is the fun killer, for sure. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Fear. but love's the antidote. Love. To, you know. Yeah, yeah, like last night, sure. we just had a lot like me and the crowd just had a big old goof together. And it was just a good time. Sometimes it's a fuck. It's a struggle. It's just a struggle. Yeah. But stand up comedy. Well, yeah, it's just this thing. Good of kind of Like, do you want did, did you know you were coming here? Like, you knew right. did, <laughs> did someone blindfold you lose a bet? Oh my God. Like, go home. You know, you don't have to stay. Right. But, don't be an asshole. Like we're here yeah. to have fun. I was when I see kids crying at the beach, I'm like, no crying at the beach. Like, <laughs> you know? It's not allowed. I have to ask real. I remember you you said something just and kind of zipped it through. You're not a deadhead. I'm not a deadhead. I grew up with the Grateful Dead kids. Like, you know, I'm friends with all the kids in the world. And um, I'm I appreciate their art form, but I'm not a deadhead. Yeah, I don't. I don't follow them around for 20 concerts. I really only know like one or two songs and I only know them because we sang them at camp. (laughs) Wow. What do you listen to if you were going to go to a concert? Yeah. Now, what do you my favorite band is the Mountain Goats. Do you guys know that band? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh my no. god, it's this I'm dude. Intrigued. He's amazing. He's the most incredible poet. Sounds he's this dude from North Carolina. Well, he's from California. The Mountain Goats. He's incredible. He's been performing since the 80s. He used to do like, you know, stuff on his 8-track and he's gotten big. He's I mean big-ish. Uh, Bell and Sebastian. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm an indie, Neutral Milk Hotel. <laughs> but I then I, the I don't know any of yeah, the shins, but I also really love like the Indigo Girls, and I love my '80s, like you know, Cindy Lauper, and you know, get into the groove, and REM. I'm a child of the '90s. Come on, right child on. of the '80s and '90s. No, when I was when we were talking to Annabelle Garcia and yeah. Trixie, it was kind of like that. I was like, yeah, well, for us to rebel as teenagers, we yeah, were into pop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah, I wasn't interested in sense. what the old people were like. I grew up with old deadheads, like with their tits hanging out in like macrame <laughs> bikinis. I was like, no, thank you, girl. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> me, and, me and Trixie were um, preteens together. Like I, oh. we were preteen. We were awkward wearing yeah. like neon um, <laughs> lace hair things in our hair like punk, Madonna. Punk rocker. Listening to rap. Yeah. yeah. No, this is before. Like we were like awkward eleven year olds together. Like the worst time ever. <laughs> Samantha Fox and Tiffany and all that. Um, New kids. 
No, or are you too young, young for that? Mm, no, we're too old. We're like, you know, Madonna, like borderline and fucking girls just want to have fun. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Cindy Lauper. Roller yeah, Haven. That's Roller Haven yeah. music. Yeah, Andy roller Lennox. skating rink. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at one point in Camp Winter Rainbow, they got a linoleum and like spread it out on the stage and all the kit and all the boys. It was mostly boys. They would like break dance and like do the worm and the yeah. thing on your back, the back spin. It was like 1983. <laughs> so cool. It was cool. It was, <laughs> it was cool. Oh my God. It's ridiculous. Well, I definitely am going to have to, I listened to so many podcasts already, including doing one, but I'm going to have to You're dig gonna in love this. to this one because yeah, there's going to love it. All even more chapters of Wavy's incredible. Like, well, it's important. So it's so important. Here. You know, when you look it's at like history, Crosby's man. not here anymore, and his podcast recently, like it's so great that we have this medium to be able to capture that. You know, like these these time capsules. You know what I mean? Like Crosby told some pretty incredible stories on his, and he's not here to tell them anymore. So yeah, yeah. it's you know. These people and, don't stick around, you know, but and in Wavy's like, case, it's living history. That's right. He is yeah. still here. Right. He that's is. what I'm yeah, it's grad we're doing thing, it now. You know? So and you're was, doing his you're you're a doctor. I am a um O'Teal said I was the psychedelic Ken Burns. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> um I also Wavy is born for the podcast space. He is an oral yes. yeah. story. He is an oral, you know, he's an oral speaker. He's an oral performer. Like he's a fucking storyteller. Like an orator. orator. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. He's an orator. And so he's born for podcasts. <laughs> so I was like, it was a, a total joy to create this. I, I'm still doing um, bonus episodes. And I have, I've, I also archived all the women of this counterculture during the pandy. I, I got all mm. the psychedelic women and I'm, I need a budget to make this podcast called Psychedelic Women, but I have everybody's, not everybody's, but lots of folks' stories. Yeah. I'm going to um, give you a little list of who's on American Prankster so you can be so excited. Sunshine Gar- Sunshine Keezy, mm-hmm. Trixie Garcia, Denise Kaufman. You know Denise? Yeah, yeah we had her on. on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my, she and Wavy, they were lovers. <laughs> they were lovers. You heard, you heard it here second, folks. Yeah. Um, uh, Laura Foster Corbin, um, Dorji Bond. Do you guys know who Dorji is? I don't. Oh my God. She's a hog farmer who like, she landed at the hog farm in Sunland in LA on the day of Wavy and Jahanara's actual wedding, like wow. 1966 wow. or something. She had she just showed up. Um, but I want to, David Crosby, by the way, um, plays a key role in Wavy and Jahanara's courtship. No kidding. That's right. We tell. He tells. Damn. <laughs> Isn't so it just incredible theory. when you look at that like circle? And it's just like all of the electricity Crazy. in that gr- like it's it's it happens sometimes. It really does happen yeah. sometimes. It does. We it also sucks. have Jor- yeah. we have Jordan Romney, Wavy's son. We have Casper Vandermeer, who's um, Calico's son, who, also known as nice. Ruby Begonia. Right? Is that her hip, her hippie name? The old ticket lady from The Grateful Dead. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. You know Calico. better than I do. Okay, I'm giving. I don't know all the old me. like old. In the olden days, like the 80s and 90s, you would. Send a decorated envelope yeah. to the ticket to the Grateful Dead ticket people. That was Calico, and that was um, her. That was Casper's uh. mom. Yeah, she's one of the hog farmers. And um, who else do I have? I have uh, well, and Calico, by the way, uh, she's 
She was a freedom fighter in Amsterdam in World War II before she wow. moved to New York to be a jazz singer and then joined the hog farm. <laughs> Everybody has these like <laughs> multiple the chapters of their yeah, well, the so Gump family. I have to tell you one more story. <laughs> Georgie Bond, who's a hog farmer, who she's she makes all the teepees and she makes like all these tents. She's um she's the queen of crafting. She uh, told me the story about the hog farm being in France in Paris. They were building the bus to drive to Asia and they were all invited Whoa. to dinner with Salvador Dali. Oh my God. Jeez. I know. I know you guys. It's like crazy. It's just, it doesn't <laughs> stop. I know. No. And it, and it's so funny. The stories, like <sighs> you said, like stop. you hear, like he just tells a story and it's like that one of these folks, one of all of our stories really would, some people would be like, that's enough for a lifetime. Right. You know, I remember Kesey telling me a story about when they went to the Dalai Lama, they went to go like meet the Dalai Lama and they wanted him to come on the bus. Right. But like Cassidy had like gotten the crabs and he like shaved all the hair off his body and went like, well, like Ginsburg went up to get the Dalai Lama and they came down. <laughs> And when they were just about to get him on the bus, like Cassidy just bursts out the back of the bus completely naked and shaved. And he's like running around and the Dalai Lama is like, nah, and went back upstairs. And that was like, well, we almost had the Dalai Lama on the bus. And I'm like, that fucking, that one story. That is, is an like, incredible story. I have not heard. Thank you. So wild that like, that's, and then he's like, yeah, so what do you want for lunch? And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, what? Can we go back? That. You like, get that hanging around with it. We got one like that from Mickey at Playing in the Sand when we were just in Mexico. I was so glad Jess was there. He's talking about this time that he was had this, I guess, two or three days with Fidel Castro. And they had this big dinner, and it's like, you know, um, and I'm just like, you, Mickey Hart and Fidel Castro. And Castro goes, ah, I like you. You and I think a lot alike, you know. <laughs> and his like, wife, what? Carol's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, Castro gave me a box of cigars, and he signed it. And then after that, I smoked that whole box every once a year with Walter Cronkite on his birthday. We smoked oh one God. of those cigars till that box was gone. Yeah. And I was wow. just like... Yep. Mickey Hart and Castro and, <laughs> and Walter Crunk. Cronkite and did, and uh, nobody dosed me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was just Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, telling that story and it's like, ah, uh, all right. Yeah. yeah. What do I, I bet tell? Wavy's got like 10 That's what million I mean. like that. You know? Well, he's, he, what was it? He, he, he basically, and it's, it's escaping me at the moment, but was he the one, he went to jazz clubs in New York city and said like, you need to have spoken word. You need to have stand up comedy. Is that what it was? Like, I can't remember. No, no. So Wavy was part of the, the gaslight. So he was yes, at, going yes. to the gaslight, which was an open mic, um, right. you know, an open mic. And he would go and he would perform this. He would do poetry. He was also going to um, the neighborhood playhouse theater school at the same time. So he'd perform and he would also sh do little spiels in between, like, you know, banter. And some guy said, hey, you know, forget the poetry, just do the banter. And so then he started doing the banter and the gaslight was it's just like the, you know, the comedy store. People, yeah. scouts would come and they saw Wavy and they were like, great, we're going to book. Can, we want to book you to open for Peter, Paul and Mary and John Coltrane and Thelonious Monk. So that's that's how <laughs> uh... that Got it, got it, got it, got <laughs> it. Wait, no, it's crazy. It's like amazing. Yeah, he and that's just me, chapter one. Like, yeah, no, chapter it's two. Like, 
chapter eight. It doesn't eight. end. Exactly what these it's... two stories you just told me where you're like, I cannot believe all the crabs and the Neil Cassidy and the Dalai Lama and <laughs> Walter Cronkite with Fidel Castro and Mickey Hart. Like, that it's is just like... a mashup of celebrities. You're like, I, my brain is exploding. That's so, so we, weird. We should title this guy, Who Needs Acid? <laughs> like, you literally, go it. listen to this podcast, yeah. Yeah. and then you'll know what acid's like. You know? And that's why so it was a joy weird. to make this podcast. Because I, oh, sure. I slaved, I did it for free for nine months, no, yeah. like 10 months, 11 months. And I, I, but it was a joy. Like, I, I would laugh. Yeah. I was LOLing the whole time. Well, that's what makes it great when you don't Look at the amount it, of energy yeah. it's given you. Yeah. We <laughs> walk away from these episodes, and it's like, it's therapy. Like talking yeah. to you is it like is. a, a big it glass is. of orange juice, you know? <laughs> yep. I'm going to so go wear same. this to the grocery store. Right? Okay. I need a few things. Good. And I'm going to be like, have some balls. Wear it to the grocery store. You're not naked. Be careful like, in Florida, though. Yeah, that's what I, what I was thinking. No, it's fine. It's okay, fine. You great. think there aren't people like me here in Florida? They're here. And once they <laughs> see me, they're going to be like, <laughs> But on your roller skates. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to see you. I roller skated across my college uh, graduation stage. <laughs> nice. I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. I love you. I love okay. you guys. I really do. Thank you. It's, I really appreciate having me. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Oh, you're awesome. It's always a yeah. pleasure. Okay. And uh, tell everybody where they can find everything you, everyone who's listening. Into the okay. chicken leg, please. All my, <laughs> all my podcasts are at rainbowvalentine.com and rainbowvalentine.com gives you a list of all, it basically gives you the little Spotify button, the Apple, but all the buttons where you press to listen to podcasts in the world. rainbowvalentine.com is where they can find everything. I'm on the Instagram. I'm on the, all that. And uh, now I'm also known as the ukulele. I'm a musical comedian. <laughs> The ukulele, T H E U K U L A D Y. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a weird. I'm one of those weirdos, like you said. Like, <laughs> I don't do stand up, but I do comedy songs. And I do improv. I'm, I'm weird. So you know, no one's That's ever. That's great. Gonna, I'm You're unboxable. talking into a chicken, like we. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a you don't need to explain. <laughs> so I'm going to put this out in the universe right now. Okay, Thank God. You. Comes a time at Camp Winter Rainbow. Please come. Please come this summer. It. I mean, you she can come is. for one day. Listen, I'm going to give yeah. you guys myself. Wow. Just call me. I'm moving to Sebastopol on Trixie's Mountain this summer. I don't, I think cut that. I don't really want everyone to know that. In yeah. The yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. 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 Eric, <laughs> we'll cut that. I don't want people. I, we're friends. We're like friend friends. I don't want. No, I get it. No, like that's, that's everybody yeah. is yeah. going to Sebastopol. I'm ah. sorry. I have a weird confluence at Sebastopol, 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 Sebastopol. It's Sebastopol. very rural and yeah, it's where Great. all the hippies live, but just text we'll me if you're out. in Nork, like in NorCal or SoCal. Yeah. And like if, it can, if camp is running, you can just like, I'm your conduit to camp okay. and um, we Perfect. can even go to the hog farm and, and I'm sure ah. Wavy would just adored to meet you guys that in person be... and hang out. Like, yeah, anytime. Let's do it. We'll totally to do it. Comes to goes to Winter Rainbow yeah. and camp. the Hog Farm. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. Uh, so healing. Right. Yeah, you it's guys like well, a pilgrimage email. to Mecca. Yeah, in our it email, is. we'll exchange numbers we'll and then it. we'll be able yeah. to connect and all of that. Totes. But Okay, ready now? We'll do this. And we're back. Oh. So thank you so much for uh, <laughs> for joining us. And uh, we really look forward to seeing you very soon. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll do some comes to time stuff at uh, in camp. I love it. Let's raise a glass to the downfall of evil, which is how I, um, I'm going to raise a chicken leg, but raise your glass and we're going to say to the downfall of evil. One, two, three. To the, to the downfall, downfall of evil. Of evil. <laughs> I, that feels good. I like doing that. Yeah. Let's do that more. Yeah. That's you my motto. You be careful with the store, Oteal. Yeah. 
Oh, it's cool. See you next time, everybody. (laughs) They've seen me in some stuff already. I love you guys. Osiris. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.